Hello friends, welcome to the SOS Podcast. I'm your host Carl, thanks for joining me today. Today we'll be speaking about Ephesians chapter 4. I won't be reading this exactly, but if you look at the first few verses of Ephesians 4, we see Paul encouraging the believers in Ephesus to be united in spirit, to live in unity. He speaks about the bond of peace. He speaks about them having one calling, one spirit, one hope, one baptism, one God. The focus is for the believers in Ephesus to operate as one unit, to support each other, which will be very important as in the early days of the church, trying to grow, trying to spread the word of Christ, They, of course, would be coming up against great opposition. Some would be persecuted, some would be martyred. So for Paul to give this message in this letter really was just very necessary for what the church would be enduring during this time. But, of course, the message is not just for the church in Ephesus back then. The message is for us as well. And how do we take this message? What what do we do with it? What is Paul telling us to do? I think it's easy to look at this message and say, okay, he's writing this letter to the church in Ephesus, to the church. Is it a church? Is it one body? Is it one congregation? Were there many congregations? I don't know. But I think initially reading this, in my mind, I see a group of people close-knit, maybe one congregation, that Paul is saying, you guys have to work together, no infighting, no separation. That's actually going to hurt your ministry, but if you want to have a successful ministry, and if individually you want to be successful spiritually, you have to work in unity in the Spirit. That totally makes sense, but we can't forget that Paul wasn't only communicating and raising up a church in Ephesus. There are other churches that he's working with, that he's communicating with, that he's building up, that he's planting, and he's not the only one planting churches either. So I don't think this letter is directed to such a small world as it may appear. But this letter is actually directed to all believers in Christ, all Christians, all who are saved and born again. So when we read this letter, when we read these words, what is Paul telling us to do today? I would say that we definitely have to have good relationships with the people in our congregations, the people you minister with regularly, Whether you teach them or they teach you or you're just together in the same place for church, having good personal and working relationships is definitely part of what Paul is talking about here. But he's also talking about the greater church. Maybe your congregation is related or affiliated, connected somehow by denomination or conference with other congregations. It's not just unity within the congregation that's needed, it's unity outside the congregation as well. But it's not just with churches in your denomination. It's not just with churches in your conference. I mean, the Christian church is to be united in spirit as a whole, one whole body of Christ, to be one whole bride of Christ. Now, does that mean that I'm connected with brothers and sisters in other countries necessarily? Well, no, there are so many Christians in the world that I don't even know. But it does mean that when I know someone is a believer, I have a responsibility to be connected with them in some way, to treat them a certain way, to behave with them a certain way. And our goal as Christians is to be united in spirit and purpose, that we're all hearing from God what he's saying to us, 
And yes, he will direct each of us individually, things that he wants us to do. But the church as a whole, he's going to be speaking through his spirit truth to us. That is true, period, for all of us. I talk about this unity of spirit, this unity, period, unity of purpose, unity of calling, unity of God, right? We serve one God, one Lord. There was one sacrifice for us. We're joined together in one resurrection. I talk about this because, you know, my church isn't having our service. So I decided to visit another church. And I've been doing some other ministry with this church. And I thought just how fortunate, how blessed I am and we are where I am geographically, that so many of my friends go to different churches. And I feel like on any given Sunday, I can go to any number of a handful of churches and feel like I'm at home feel like I'm at home with the body because we might not be the same denomination or in the same conference. These are my brothers and sisters who I know and love, they're family, and we serve the same God, and we are here to fulfill His purpose. We all have the same aim, and I think that is what Paul was talking about here. I really don't even have to know you for us to be united in the Spirit. It is a recognition of the fact that I don't have all the answers, you don't have all the answers, but we serve a God who has all the answers. So for us to come together in humility and bear with each other and serve each other and work with each other as we serve God for his purposes, I mean, that's huge. That's what it's all about. I thank God that I don't have a church that I can go to. I thank God that I have these other parts of our Christian family where I'm welcome, where I can play a role, and where I can serve and exist in unity with them without question. And the hope is that we all have that, because the Word of God tells us clearly that that's what the Father wants for us. I think about the stats that I get on this podcast, and there are people listening to this who don't know me. You don't know me, I don't know you. There are people listening to what I'm saying on the other side of the world. But you know what? If you love Jesus, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, then we're united. We're united in spirit. I thank God that what he's given me to speak, you can hear. And I hope that someone on the other side of the world or the other side of the country is listening to my words sometimes and thinking, wow, I feel like God's speaking the same thing to me. Because that shows us a testimony of what Paul's speaking of here, which is unity in the Spirit. We don't even have to know each other to still be united under that same Spirit. It's no wonder that a big device of the enemy is to create division among the church that's going to give him success in trying to diffuse what we're doing. Because the call for the church is to be united. So of course he wants to separate us. Let us think about that. When we have conflicts with our brothers and sisters, when we have disagreements, when there's anything put before us that might cause division between us and the rest of the brethren, we have to consider that. The call from God is clear. It is for us to be united in purpose and in spirit to further his kingdom and for his glory. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you do this miraculous thing, 
we're believers, not only believers all alive today, who will never know each other, can still be united in your spirit, but we're even united in spirit with those who came before us and those who will come after us. Because when that day comes, God, the marriage supper of the Lamb will be here and there will be one bride, all of us united. Father, we thank you for that miracle. And we ask that you give us what we need to be able to make this happen today in our lives, God. That we would not cater to division, that we would not cause a division, but that we would seek the unity that you require of us. Father, we love you, and we can't wait to see you face to face. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good day, and God bless. So, so, ow, ow, so.